have your Bible tonight, please turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And when you find Daniel chapter 3, please stand. Please stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Daniel chapter 3. We're going to begin reading with verse 16 of chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Father, as we come to you tonight, we thank you that we have your word. We thank you for the men that you inspired to put your word to pen. And Father, as we come to this time in our service tonight, May you bless the reading of your word. And now, Father, may you take this vessel and may you use it for the proclamation of your word, that the truth would come out, that you would touch the hearts and the lives of the people here tonight, that when we leave this place, we can say it's been good to be in thy house. For it's in Christ's name I ask. Amen. You know, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, probably to even our children. The three Hebrew children thrown into the fiery furnace. But there were some events leading up to this time. We find that Israel has come to be in bondage by Babylon. We find that Daniel and three Hebrew children, part of Judah, came to be under the jurisdiction of Nebuchadnezzar. And you know, do you know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not their Hebrew names? You know, as I was studying for this, I'd probably read it hundreds and hundreds of times. But I'd kind of just passed on by. I had heard as a little boy in Sunday school and church, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three Hebrew children that were thrown into the fiery furnace. But as I was reading this, found out that Hananiah was Shadrach's Jewish name, Hebrew name. The eunuchs that they were under jurisdiction of in Babylon were the ones that gave them and changed their names. We find that Meshach was Mishael. Abednego was Azariah. That was their Hebrew names. You'll find that in the first chapter of this book of Daniel. We find, and I think you'll find it's 12, about verse 12 or 15, somewhere in that area of the first chapter of Daniel that tells you about this Nabru tank. But we find that leading up to this point and period in time, we find that King Nebuchadnezzar 
being the mighty, powerful king that he was, decided that he was going to build something bigger, greater, and more experienced, he thought, of telling the people about himself. He was going to build himself an idol. That tells us also that in the second chapter of how big this idol was. And it's made out of gold. Well, I don't know about pure gold. Maybe it was, there's been some controversy of whether it was pure gold or covered with a covering of gold. But anyway, it said it was three score cubics tall and six cubics wide. Now, how big is, how big is that? Big. In reading some of the commentaries, it said that this idol was 15 times larger than me. Now that gives you a reference. My grandchildren, about two years, three years ago, bought me a t-shirt. says, I'm not big, you're just small. And they said, it's no disrespect. Papa, I said, none taken. I've always been large for my size and my age. But we find that if you convert this image into feet, a cubit is one and a half feet, somewhere between 18 and 22 inches, depending on who you talk to. So if you take three score cubits, that's 60 times 1.5. That gives you 90. 90 feet tall. And you take 6 cubits wide times 1.5. That makes it 9 feet wide. That gives you a visual experience of what this idol this image that he had built that he wanted everybody to see. Now, probably it was taller than anything else in the area and bigger to where you could see it for miles and miles and miles. Well, he just didn't build this idol. He said, when you hear any kind of a musical instrument play, you will bow down and worship this idol. Now here we are with Daniel, Shadrach, and, and Abednego being under the jurisdiction of King Nebuchadnezzar and this decree comes out. So when the time came, they heard a musical instrument they went on about their normal business. They didn't bow down. They didn't worship. Well, the people that were close to the king trying to get some brownie points, so to speak, or put a feather in their hat, went to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, King, why does everyone else bow down and worship this idol? 
but these do not. You said that if they, no one bows down and does this, they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. He says, go bring me them, them three gentlemen. So they did. They came before King Nebuchadnezzar. We find in verse 14, it says, He spake unto them, It is true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? So he point blank asked them the question. He said, Didn't I decree that when you hear a musical instrument play, you're to bow down and worship this idol that's built for me, that's built to me, that represents me? Now we get to the scripture I read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They said, we're not going to cover it up. We're not going to think a thing about telling you our thoughts. We're not careful about this. No, we're not going to bow down to your idol. I know old King Nebuchadnezzar tells us that he got so, so mad. Not only did they say, no, we're not going to do it, but they said, our God is going to take care of us. You can heat that fiery furnace as hot as you want to heat it. We're still not going to change our mind, our story, or our beliefs, or do anything different than what we're doing right now. And he says, if our God cannot take care of us, we still won't do it. We'll just perish in the fiery furnace. We find that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had made a commitment to God. And they were going to live that commitment. Even them being threatened with death, they were not going to change their mind. Boy, this infuriated King Nebuchadnezzar. He called the men in and he said, heat that fiery furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been heated before. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just standing around smiling, talking to each other. Now this is Gary's paraphrased version. Not afraid. Not afraid at all. Because they were doing what they had committed to God they would do. Worship the one, only, almighty God. They heated that furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. 
And it said even as the soldiers that Nebuchadnezzar had committed to throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into that fiery furnace perished from the heat that was coming out of the opening of that fiery furnace as they threw them into the fiery furnace. You know, what's this give us a picture of? Hell. People don't really realize the punishment and the torment and the pain that's going to come to their lives if they don't accept Jesus Christ when they're cast into that bake of fire, that burning place called hell, the pastor was talking about and alluding to this morning. It's real. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not a figment that we're trying to scare people, which we are, because it's reality, it's truth. There is a place called hell. It's as real as you and I are in this building tonight at Miles Road Baptist Church. And Satan and his followers are going to be cast into that lake of fire, into that burning pit, into that place of eternal pain, into that place of eternal suffering. Never, never, never to be released. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, that's where you're headed. I don't apologize for the truth of God's word. It's real. And if me sharing with you about the reality of it and it brings a time in your life, if you don't know Christ, that you would walk the aisle and you would kneel at this altar and you would pray and ask Jesus into your life, it's been worth it all. But if you know Jesus tonight, oh, what a joy that is. Because I know, excuse me, I know I'm not going there. I shared with our Iwana group on Wednesday, one Wednesday night that Brother Brian had asked me to speak to the boys. It just happened to be the night that the groups were coming up from the lower grades to visit because of the graduation that they're getting. And my grandson, Isaiah, was in the group. So I'm sharing God's word. And I shared about my testimony about when I became a Christian. I became a Christian when I was eight years old. August the 8th. 1957, I remember the date, I remember the place, I remember the time as if it was yesterday. So when he gets home, his mother asks him, he says, Paul, Paul preached tonight. What did he preach about? He told us what kind of, how old he was when he got saved. That's all he remembered. but that's as real to me today as the day it happened. I'll never forget it. 
And if you've had that experience, you know the same thing I'm talking about. If you cannot go back in your life to a place that is as memorable as today of when that happened, you need to be down here talking to the Lord, getting it straightened out, getting it worked out. Because it may not have happened. But we find that as they were thrown into that fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar walks over and gets as close as he can get, and he looks into the fiery furnace, and he turns around and says, didn't we throw three in there? Yes, king. Well, how come I see four? How come I see four people in there? And the fourth has the image of the Son of God. You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up for their belief, stood up for their faith. And what happened when they were thrown into that fiery furnace? The arms of protection engulfed them by God. And they were walking around in the fiery furnace just like you and I are walking around tonight. They came out of that fiery furnace without even a singe on their hair without smoke in their clothes, no burns, nothing. Because they were living their commitment to God and God protected them. But they were committed that even if they were cast into that fiery furnace and they perished, God would still be glorified. King Nebuchadnezzar said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have a great God. That's our God. You see, that God that took care of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there at the fiery furnace is the same God we serve and we worship today. No difference. But the question I have for you, are we, as his people, living the commitment we've made to God? Here we have a classic visual example of God's people living the commitment and how God protected them. God took care of them. And none of us have experienced a fiery furnace. You know, a lot of us have probably never been threatened with death as Christians. But are we living our faith? Are we living our example? Are we living the life 
that represents what God has done within us through Jesus Christ with our everyday walks of life? Or are we so afraid of what people might say or think about us that we are willing to waver around and not take the stand and live the commitment that he's asked us to live. And not only ask us, but you know, when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we made a commitment. You know, I said earlier, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were living the commitment they had made to God. When we walked the aisle, wherever it was at, or we knelt down at an altar, no matter where it was at, whether it was in a church, in our bedrooms, in our homes, or wherever, a camp, a retreat, wherever that place was at, when we asked Jesus to come into our heart, we made a commitment to God. We was going to serve Him. We was going to live for Him. We asked Him to forgive us of our sins so that we would have a better life. And Lord, I wonder how many of us have said this, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. And we get up from that time and we walk about 15, 20 feet and we forgot what we had just committed ourselves to. Think about that. We get a little abuse from a fellow worker or a fellow classmate. Well, I don't know whether I want to do that anymore or not. I, I don't know whether I want to take that. We ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Because that means, you see, they didn't like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was doing here. The people, because they were doing something different than what had been commanded them to do. Just because the king said that they needed to do this doesn't mean that they were doing it because it was against God. They asked Jesus, who should we serve? He asked them to give him a coin. They gave him a coin and he said, whose image is on this? Caesar. Render unto Caesar's what's Caesar's, but render unto God what's God's. As long as serving God or Caesar or the world or mankind does not interrupt and interfere and be against God's will, it's fine to do, but whenever it does, it's time to stop. It's time to draw that line in the sand like Jesus did and say, I'm not stepping across. Because when we do that, we have broken down commitment we've made to God.
And we find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of that fiery furnace, as I said, unscathed. And they were given higher positions. Why? Why did that come about? Because they were willing to live the commitment that they had made to God no matter what. And God blessed them. not always been the Christian I should be. I can admit that. But I strive to be. And that's all God asks us to do. Is to be dedicated and willing to live our life. So Satan will put our faith to a test just as he did here just as he did with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because there was another instance that happened right prior to this time the king had put out a decree that all of the ones because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had been chosen by the eunuchs to be in in the king's court Well, the decree was from the king that they were to eat of the king's meat and everything. Well, the king's meat was meat offered to idols as a sacrifice. The stuff that was left over. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to the captain of the eunuchs and said, we will not eat the meat. The captain of the eunuchs said, the king will kill me Because after this 10-day trial period that the king is going to look at you, you will look thin, you'll look down to where you haven't been nourished with, and the king's going to kill me. Daniel said, let's try it. After 10 days, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego looked 10 times better than all of the rest of the group And they were vegetarians. Now, I'm not promoting vegetarians, but that's what they were. They did not eat the meat, and God blossomed them. Again, why? All back to the same thing. They were committed not to change their commitment to God They would not do anything that would defile what God had said they needed to do. And what happened? In fact, the scripture tells us that they looked ten times better than everybody that was eating all the meat. Why? God. One simple word. God. Is the only way that happens. And today, you and I, if we will live our commitments to God, we will see a drastic change come to people around us. And it's all because of God. Not me. Not you. Or anything else that we've done. It's all because we're living 
and honoring the commitment we've made to God. But the question comes, what commitment have you made to God? Not your wife, not your husband, not your mom, not your dad, not your aunt, your uncle, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whoever, not anyone else because Gary does not answer for anyone else. Gary only answers for Gary. And the commitment that you've made has to be you. And nobody else. And the question that needs to be asked over and over and over and over again, have you had a personal experience with Jesus? No matter what else your life has in it, means nothing, is nothing, will amount to nothing unless you've had a personal one-on-one experience with Jesus Christ that you've asked for forgiveness of your sins and asked Him to come in and be the Lord and Savior of your life and He has taken you into His fold and your name's written in the book of life. Without your name written in the book of life tonight, pastor alluded to it this morning, being a Baptist is not going to do it, being a member of Miles Road Baptist Church is not going to do it, attending Sunday school 100% of the time is not going to do it, attending every worship service that the doors of this church are open is not going to do it. Just will not. It's only when you ask Jesus to come into your life. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. Have you had that experience? As I asked earlier, can you go back in your life and remember the time when that happened. If you can't tonight, in just a few moments, we're going to have a song of invitation. This is going to be a time for you to make decisions. And everyone in this room is going to make a decision. You're either going to make a decision to follow what God is calling you to do or you're going to make a decision to listen to the devil and stay where you're at. There will be a decision made by everyone here. None are going to get a pass. Because Satan right now is telling you, oh, you you don't feel good. Your back's hurting, your leg's hurting. You, You don't want to do that in front of people. Wait till you get home. There was a song that came out many years ago called Plenty of Times. 
It's a song about a young teenage girl that was in a church. Preacher had preached the sermon. The Spirit of God was tugging at her heart and telling her to go to the altar and give her heart to Jesus. But Satan was sitting on her on her shoulder saying, oh, you're young yet. You're 18 years old. You've got plenty of time. Wait till later. God loves you. He'll always be there. Wait a while. You've got plenty of time. Well, the song ends that the young lady was in a car wreck and died. And it says, now all I have is time. Had missed the opportunity that God had given her to turn her life around. And she spent an eternity in a place called hell. You can avoid that place tonight. If you only kick Satan off of your shoulder and let the Holy Spirit have control of your life and you'll walk the aisle and make things right with him. Your personal experience. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your willingness to send your son Jesus to a place called Mount Calvary. That he was given his life and you provided him as the supreme sacrifice that I might have life. Now, Father, as we go into this part of this service, May you speak to the hearts and the minds that's been under the sound of my voice as you have proclaimed the gospel. And may decisions be made honoring you, bringing glory to you, and lives would be changed. For it's in Christ's name that I ask.